it's important, like me as a direct seller, nothing gets under my skin more. I get it. You guys, I get it on Facebook I 10 times a day. Okay. I get it. But it's important that I don't like rub somebody's nose in it or like tell them why they're wrong for copying and pasting me. Just know that like they're probably doing that because they're feeling a little bit less than and they didn't know any better. Someone told them that's how you do it. So they took the shortcut. We've got to assume positive intent and not play mean girl. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Melspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of Advice Not Given. We are breaking new ground today. If you are listening, this is the first time we have done a follow-up episode, like literally following up in response to an episode that we have put out there and wowzers, we had a response. If you missed it, last week we did an episode where we kind of just maybe picked apart or peeled peeled the layers back or pulled the curtain back on multi-level marketing business models. And we put some of that, um, we put some framework in place in our Instagram account and our stories and you guys responded in mass. And we felt like that this kind of evolved into something that we did want to continue discussing and um, just kind of give you even a follow-up on kind of some things Kelly and I have taken away from posting and sharing and airing that episode. So Kelly, are you still like kind of up in the like not jitters, but just I don't know, adrenaline maybe from that whole day oh, or that's two. A good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's what's funny. Like we we you said it in the podcast. I'm more nervous about this one than I am like a few right. of the other ones that we've done, which is true. Cause I and here's the thing, like people are so like emotionally invested in these mm-hmm. sorts of um, conversations and it is very camp a camp B right. um, and, and the two sides can get really ugly and, and we'll hear more about that in a little bit. But um, yeah, I was nervous every time Claire would, you'd send me an email or a text or like a screenshot of like a message that we got from somebody. I was like, holding my breath. Like here, here we it go. comes. Yeah, here we go. Crisis PR. Like what I want, right. What are we going to do? But for the most part, um, the, the thing that made me happiest was how many people said that, I sound like somebody. So many people say um, that we handled it and approached it um, in a non-biased way, which is truly our intent. Like we really are trying to understand and and be aware of of both kind of angles and sides of this uh, job opportunity slash uh, business slash scheme, whichever way you want to look at it. Um, so I felt I felt. I felt good about that. Now I did learn some stuff, which I love. And y'all, I'm not even kidding. Thank you for the feedback. We, I, we appreciate it so much. Even if it wasn't like glowing, like you guys are amazing. Like it, we had a couple people who were like, well, maybe you missed this angle and maybe you didn't consider this or, and we appreciate that because it actually does help kind of broaden our perspective. And then hopefully we can convey that in whatever way we can on our platform. So yeah, no, it was great. I'm still stoked by it. Yeah. Well, and just to give some maybe behind the scenes, like we had more engagement uh, that we've had in a long time with our Instagram, as far as just people, you know, when you put a question box out there, you may get a few responses, but they just Mm -hmm. continued to come in and to come in and to come in. And I would say, generally speaking, I did reshare a lot of them. And um, generally speaking, I think 
the consensus was a lot of people have a been involved in them personally. Like I would say a good Mm -hmm. half of our responders, excuse me, they have sold for one or more MLM companies. Yep. And I would also say the general consensus is that most people have felt burned by them, either as a distributor or salesperson for the company, and then very much so from other friends and people they know trying to sell to them. In fact, one one response said she actually had to unfollow a family member, her sister-in-law, because um, the sales pitch has been so, so strong and in effect. That's tough. Yeah. And we, we, we're going to hear more about this from our, we have a guest today, which I'll introduce in a second, but, um, we get down into the why that is like, why is it? So, so here's the thing, like you, from the outside in, you get burned or you get kind of, um, you're, you're like targeted, right. From folks. And every time you move to a new duty station, speaking as, or from the military spouse perspective, every time we move, you're kind of desperate for friends. You think you're making a friend and then turns out like whoop swoops in, here comes the, the pitch. Right. Um, and that just gets really disheartening really quickly. And it's hard to sift through who's an actual friend or who, you know, if you're someone who works outside the home, you're kind of sometimes looking for people to, to, to know, to hang out within your social group that also work outside the home. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it turns out they're an MLM person. And depending on your perspective of that, some people think, yeah, that's a legit business or no, that's not actually a thing. Or, you know, there's just so many different, um, things you have to wade through, not only just making friends and doing the friend dating thing, but then you have to start worrying about motivations and like, why are you even asking me to coffee? And that's painful. It's painful. And it's on top of an already emotionally raw and fragile time because you've just moved. So like it, it may be even harder to, I think. Yeah. And it's just being transactional in nature because it is a business and it is sales. So it is transactional. the, The waters get muddied really quickly. Um, one thing that I guess let's just jump right in and then we'll, we'll do some housekeeping at the end if that's cool guys. Yeah. Um, so stick around. Don't leave. <laughs> um, one thing that I walked away from specifically, um, the engagement that we had on Instagram and all the emails that we got from you guys. Um, I started to kind of back up and put myself in the perspective of the, the MLM distributor, which I've never really done before. Usually I'm just like, eh. You know, I'm kind of more of the camp where I scoff it off. I support people quote unquote. I don't, I've, finally made a rule that I'm not going to purchase the products anymore because I have a hard time buying into a lot of the structures, the business structures, because I don't feel like a lot of them are super ethical. Um, I know some of them are, and we got educated on which ones kind of are and are not also from the the folks that wrote in. Um, but I wanted, I, I want to support people and I never want to dismiss them. And um, you'll hear our guests talk about Mean Girls. Uh, and I think that that's a thing too, that we need to step back and look at. Um, you don't know who you're talking to, right? Yeah. You don't know who you're, I think that's what made me the most nervous, Claire, by you about our audience was how many people in our audience are in MLMs and who are probably successful. And then I actually started thinking back. I was like, oh my God, she is, she is, she is, mm-hmm. she is. And I'm like, oh, don't be mad. And then I'm like replaying the episode in my head. Did I say anything? Did we say anything oh, that yeah. I wouldn't have said to their face? And that's truly what we're trying to convey. And I think, I think we did an okay job, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Well, I know normally after we record, I'm like done. I don't re-listen to our episodes, but I listened. Yeah. I had you send me the raw file. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to it then. And then I listened to it again the day it aired, just like, okay, have I, and you know, this is inside info here, but we did lose four Instagram followers, which oh, um, no. you never know. Sometimes that's just Instagram and people like follow you and unfollow you just to get, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yep. 
that me, my worry wart self, I'm like, we've lost four friends and I hope we haven't hurt uh-huh. anyone's feelings. <laughs> we got to track them down and be like, did we say something? <clears throat> yeah. Was it something we said? Well, so, and in, in that vein though, part of the engagement that we got was um, some folks calling out successful uh, folks that are in MLMs or direct sales. And one of the comments or responses back to a question was someone saying, oh my gosh, you guys should talk to Susie Goodwin. She runs a blog and Instagram page and really a company empire called Run Lift Mom. Um, and she's got a fantastic podcast and she does um, this MLM thing really well. Uh, she sells or she's a rep for Zaya Active. And turns out I know Susie. So I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) Somebody tagged her in the comments. And then she got kind of involved in the comments in a great way. She actually even reached out and you'll hear this in our chat. Um, It was like, it it breaks my heart to hear your experiences because that's kind of the reputation that the direct sales person um, now has to embody because right. it's been so kind of muddied um, for a ton of reasons, mostly because there's so many people that can come in. There's no barrier to entry. It's literally yeah. like your own investment to become a distributor. And a lot of people do it just to get the discount or, you know, whatever. So, and again, these are all things we're learning, right? Like those, that 1% that actually makes a profit stat is skewed because there's only like, X many people that actually do this as a legit business. Most people right. would join as a distributor just to get the discount because people don't really know how to groom their quote downline. I don't listen, y'all. We're not, I swear we're not jumping sides. Like <laughs> we're still not, I'm not team MLM just yet, but so many people join and don't really know what they're doing. And then so many people then are pressured into creating a downline or have technically team members um, and don't aren't really equipped to coach said team members. So they completely like just all these people are now members. So those those numbers contribute to that data um, and skews it a lot. So yeah. So Susie's done a really great job kind of um approaching her MLM business as a business. Um, girl has a master's degree in marketing, right? She's crazy successful and everything she does, she has the personality for it. She's an Enneagram three self-identified. Um, and you'll hear this and in, in her, in her interview with me, but she's charismatic. She's inspiring. She's smart and savvy. And she's kind of flipped the model a little bit on its head. And she's now created her own sort of standalone brand based on her values, things she cares about, things, content that she wants to produce. And she supports other people, other businesses, other podcasts. I mean, you know, she's going to share our podcast, right? Like she's constantly cheerleading for other women, other businesses. Um, And then it just so happens that she also sells active wear. Right. So I don't know. I just, I have a lot of, a lot of respect for that. Um, she definitely sees the, the misgivings, um, and she sees the criticisms, which she takes issue with because it, it reflects poorly on her. That's not fair. Right. Right. So you're going to hear in our interview, uh, here in just a bit, all of her thoughts. (laughs) We tried, I tried to keep the interview to like 10, 15 minutes and you know me, y'all, it went way over, but it's fine. Yeah. There's some great stuff in there. Um, again, like she's, she's an awesome friend. I actually knew her back when I was doing CrossFit forever and ever ago. Um, and you want to talk about like fitness goals, like this, she's amazing. She's like the stamina on this woman. I like, I can't even fathom again, Enneagram three. Um, she has triplets and she actually had a Guinness world record. I still just am like baffled by that. Yeah. For pushing her triplets across the finish line of a race. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. So you guys, you guys really will enjoy the interview. I was a little skeptical. Um, just mainly 
I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. And when Kelly sent me the file, I was like, okay, this is actually like, this is really good. And to piggyback on what you said about um, some of Susie's training, we also got another email from Pam who wasn't necessarily defending MLMs because she no longer is with one. But a couple of the things that she mentioned that I think kind of go along with that, she also has like a graduate degree in business. And Mm -hmm. that's probably one of my biggest takeaways is that maybe we have lumped like the whole lot of the people that do this into one big group. And I think there are different people with different skill sets or different training or background or work or education experience that definitely gives them an advantage maybe in order for theirs to be successful. Um, We had another email from Julie and she brought up a very interesting point that I didn't really consider. And that is so many of the times as you, two, two things she brought up so much of the time you were working and working and working and attaining and trying to get to that next level and that next um, label for yourself as the, the distributor. And she mentioned that there were many times that it almost got into this like, cycle where she would be so close to meeting a goal, Mm. she would spend her own money to like buy product, product she didn't even need or want that then later could not be resold. Really sell, yeah. Yeah. And then she's she's kind of stuck and and also she mentions how her income uh, it kind of all just went away when one of the people in her downline decided she was finished Mm -hmm. selling. And so I think that's maybe something that we didn't bring up that, you know, someone emailing us back brought up about how it is hard as you work at the end of the day, so much of it's out of your hands. And I think as someone who values predictability and who values stability, that just seems super risky to me. And yeah, then, it's fragile. Yeah. yeah. And one thing I just want to add to that too, and Susie talks about this is the fact that you're, you're not just, it's not a numbers game. It's right. not just get your whole family and your whole friend group to join up as distributors. Cause then you get X many more monies, more monies, let's say. <laughs> you get that much more um, of a downline because the problem is, is folks that are just doing it for giggles are going to wash out in three months or less. Like, that's a yeah. thing. That's a stat. Yeah. So then what she's, what she's doing though, is she's like, I don't want the people in my downline that are just doing it for the discount. Like I actually want to curate folks that are going to help me succeed and succeed themselves. So she's, again, she's like interviewing people for her team. So it's not just, Hey, come join me. Like, it's like, Oh, you want to be on my team? Like, this is the deal. So I just respect that. Yeah. And two more quick shout outs. Number one, um, we failed maybe in our last episode to, we were going to try to keep her anonymous and like protect her, but she's even been messaging since then. She's like, I don't care if you say, say my name. I own so, it. We, so we just want to say not only huge props to Casey for sending in like a very lengthy email with lots of great ideas for our podcast and our plans, but specifically for broaching this topic. And I think mm. she does deserve some credit because it is, it's a very nuanced thing. Um, so Casey, thank you. And then finally, the last uh, email that we wanted to mention, this one comes from Martha. And to me, this is kind of maybe the bigger context of this whole discussion. She talks, you know, she thanks us for wanting to address the topic, but then she talks about how we kind of get sucked into things like this, schemes or what have you, careers, because there's this unspoken or unwritten pressure that we've got to be doing something Mm -hmm. useful or something productive or something with a title. And, um, like kind of her point was kind of like, well, when did it get, when did just being a wife and mom become such a bad thing? And she even talks about, you know, the, the higher up and the further along you get in your journey, a lot of times as the spouse, 
there are like nearly full-time duties that you are doing as a help yeah. to your spouse in command or in whatever. Um, so I thought that was a really interesting point. And I know you and I both replied to her. Um, so you want to share a little bit about I your feel, response? You know, I feel that so deeply in my bones. Like it's just like, and in like the feminist vein in me is like, no, no, I don't want to be in the home, you know, that kind of thing. But then when you think about it, like, especially the lifestyle that we live, um, moving around and facing chronic un and under an unemployment. Um, and we talk, Susie and I talk about this, like the fact that military spouse, the, the community of military spouses is often targeted. And you mentioned this in Europe, like the episode mm-hmm. last week where, you know, oh, you guys are a gold mine. Like you're just yeah. kind of like this pool of like, <laughs> you know, you guys have guaranteed incomes, not, I mean, we have one guaranteed income. Um, right. And then where we are, and I personally felt this. Like I feel like I should be contributing to our household income because I am also spending money like that just at the base of it. That's how I've always felt. And I, I conceptually understand and agree with all of the, you know, oh, you'd be paying so much money for a housekeeper and a babysitter and all the things, right? Like I get it there's no changing that right right now. I mean, we're working Mm -hmm. on it, but it's not, it's not moving anytime soon, especially now with COVID. Um, we've kind of gotten thrown back a couple of decades. Um, and my husband is super supportive. Like, I think he would stay home if he could like, and I've, I've even apologized to him before. Like, I wish I could support you staying home. Like that would be a dream for me, but it's never been attainable just given my path. So anyway, when she brought that up, I was like, Oh, that for, from all kinds of different angles, I think every woman feels that on some level, Mm -hmm. like maybe it's all I, and even those of us that aren't that ambitious, right? I'm not an Enneagram three. I have never been like, Hey, we run the world. Like, nah, I'm cool. I just Mm want to do my thing, read a book every now and then get paid for it. Like that's that's a dream for me. So I think on, on a bunch of different levels, that one struck. So thanks, yeah. Martha. I appreciate that perspective. Yeah. And I feel that too. Like even right now, I'm, I'm kind of transitioned to this season of my kids are in school. Um, I'm not homeschooling. That role doesn't fall to me. I have purposely decided not to seek out home uh, employment outside of the home. And like about 50% of the days, I'm like, I am living the life. Like I just do what I want <laughs> all day. And then the other half of the days, I'm like, who am I without these identities? And I yeah. need a job and I would love some extra money and I would love to be out and it's like, I can't win with myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. which speaking of school, I, do you want me to do a little plug here real quick yes, before we get I was to the interview? Say, like, okay. you think you've got all this time on your hands. <laughs> nope. I am like, what kind of talent can we mine from Clearwood? You're welcome, you guys. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you for being my agent. Um, so what I want to share, and some of you may have already discovered this because by the time you're hearing this, this will have already dropped into our podcast feed on the Sunday prior. But we are, for our patrons, we are going to be doing a twice monthly segment called the Teacher's Lounge. And this is basically just a little like monthly or bi-monthly encouragement coming from me, a former teacher, someone who's kind of had her foot in traditional school, college teaching, public school teaching, elementary, high school, homeschooling, all the things. Um, And really feel like if I have an area of expertise or if I can be called a guru in any area, it might be the field of teaching and education. So Mm -hmm. my intent is to just share some good encouragement and some good maybe tips quickly to implement or quick to implement at home. Um, Because so many of us now, whether you are virtual schooling your kids, whether you are sending them in person, homeschooling traditionally for the first time, 
everything feels different this year. And in some way, you are being roped in to helping to facilitate your kids' education. So um, we're putting this first one out for everybody. And then going forward, there'll be twice a month encouragement for um, for everybody. Y'all, they're so good. Like, Claire, I have to tell you, the ex- your first tip, and I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Actually, you should have already listened to it, so it's not spoiling. Um, the first tip is, like, expect things to go well. Yeah. I'm so guilty of, like, oh, this is a disaster. It's going to be garbage. It's not going to work. The kids mm-hmm. will be home mm-hmm. in a week. And no, 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 no. Like, I have really, really sunken into that. So thank you for that. Like, okay. I'm just like, okay, cool. So, yay. I'm, I'm looking forward to them as well. <laughs> good. Hey friend, quick break to tell you about a few things that we have going on for the fall season. We've been talking and we want to hang out with you. (laughs) We're going to introduce a new monthly hangout open to our lovely supporters on Patreon and we're calling it group therapy. Asterix, we are not therapists. It is not actual group therapy. We just thought it was a fun play Uh, and we don't know about you guys, but we need it. So once a month, we're going to host a Skype hangout, but you can join us face to face to kick us off. We'll do an Enneagram, ask us anything, uh, parenting, maybe we'll talk about homeschooling, pick Claire's brain on that. Uh, and really just whatever you guys are into and what you're thinking about. So we're also thinking of a book club. So if those things are interesting to you, check us out, patreon.com slash gurus for more. Also, we have revamped the Becoming Your Own Guru e-course. If you are a new follower of the podcast, we encourage you to check that out. It is an awesome tool and resource if you are interested in learning more about the Enneagram, but mostly more about the Enneagram as it pertains to military spouse life, challenges, triumphs, all of that. So we actually combined kind of our years of experience and pumped it all through an Enneagram filter. So you can learn more about your type, what your type might look like in the different stressors and environments that we find ourselves in and how to navigate transitions effectively. So that you can find on millspokegurus.com slash ecourse. All right, folks, let's jump in. We're going to talk to Susie. Good one. Uh, She is a military spouse, triplet mom, plus one. She has four kiddos. She's a former Guinness World Record holder, which we've already talked about. She's the host of Run Lift Mom podcast. She explores running, lifting, and motherhood topics with guest interviews and the occasional solo rant. (laughs) I love that. Um, MLM skeptic turned Zaya active rep. She prides herself on breaking the direct sales mold and encourages those in the industry to serve, then sell. Love that. Susie lives in Fayetteville, North Carolina with her husband, uh, while her husband wraps up 20 years of service at Fort Bragg, though she's done things like marathons in 47 of the 50 states and a hundred mile race. She's most challenged by homeschooling four kids under the age of six and is currently on a caffeine IV along with the rest of us. So without any further ado, let's jump into our interview with Susie. Hey, everybody. Kelly here, and we are here with one of my sweet, good friends, Susie Goodwin. Uh, Funny enough, Susie and I connected over CrossFit. I don't know if you've been a listener for a minute. You know that I did that once upon a time, and uh, Susie was like the the model CrossFitter awesomeness. Um, I actually got to know her and then found out she had a Guinness World Record. Right, Susie? That is right. I'm a former (laughs) Guinness World Record holder. I was dumb enough to push three kids in a stroller for a half marathon. Oh, it's so cool. But that was like right on. I feel like that was right on the heels of when I met you. Like, I was like, 
Oh my God, I can't hold a candle to this woman's flame. Um, did someone take your title? Actually, I helped her. Um, look, oh, we're going to talk awesome. about abundance mindset, but seriously, this is a great example of it. Um, there was a woman who, um, her kids were about six months younger than mine, and she reached out to me and I helped her with her Guinness World Record wow. application. And she actually owns the marathon and the half marathon right now. Anne Marie Cody is her name. And she is a scientist who works for NASA. We can do it all, ladies. Whoa, that's incredible. Okay, well, I feel so (laughs) unproductive now. But okay, great. So that's our background. That's how I know Susie. Um, she has also, I didn't know this about her until after we had already connected and become friends, but then I found out later on that she was a distributor for, um, Zaya. It's like an athletic wear clothing wear, which made sense. Cause she's super athletic. You guys will see pictures. Um, <laughs> but she was able to really create this impressive. I mean, I'm going to call it an empire, Susie. Um, you have done some incredible things, but I think what I've always liked about the way that you approach things is more about kind of this business mindset versus like, Oh, you know, I'm bored. I just want to, you know, chase this thing that people say you can bring in extra money for, right? Like, or, Oh, throw a party. I'm going to fall for this. Like, um, yeah, you know, you can have it all. You can do your distributorship, your multi-level marketing business in the car line at, you know, picking up your children from school. You can manage all of this. Your friends will, you know, buy your stuff at your parties and you'll make all this money and you'll get the pink Mary Kay car to boot. Right. So, um, in response to the episode we did last week, I know you had several thoughts and you engaged with us. Actually, one of our listeners tagged you and recommended to us that we talk to you. And then I was like, oh my God, hey, I know her. So here we are. Susie. Here we are. <laughs> you know, I have to tell you that I um, I thought the episode was fantastic. I thought you guys made some very valid points. And Kelly, I have to tell you, it broke my heart a little bit when you were mm-hmm. describing relationships and how they can feel transactional if Mm -hmm. you know that the other person is a distributor or a brand rep. Because as a Zyactive brand rep, my biggest fear is that my friends will think our relationship is transactional, is that my customers will think our relationship is transactional. Mm -hmm. That is my biggest fear. Yeah. And I love that about you. And I can tell that. And that's one thing too. Like it was very clear from day one, um, when I met you that this was your business, this is what you do. What somebody was like, she like whispers to me like, Oh my God, Susie has this amazing podcast, you know, all these things. So I go and look you up. There wasn't really like, I didn't get the, Hey, PM me for more info vibe. Is that what I, am I coming across? Right? Girl, like I wasn't like, <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll tell you. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, so direct selling, um, I was once a direct selling skeptic. And so maybe that's why I approach it from kind of a, a different sense. I'm a military spouse. Um, I'm a stay at home mom of four kids. And so I am a target and friend I have been targeted. Mm. <laughs> so I make it my business to offer value first. Um, folks can see me at run lift mom pod on Instagram. Run lift mom is my personal brand. And Zaya is a part of that. Does that make sense? So like, I'm not Zaya Active. I'm not Susie Zaya Active. My personal brand is Run Lift Mom and something that supports that brand, which includes a podcast. If you are a fitness-minded mom, girl, I'm a nerd out with you on social media. It's all free, valuable information. Zaya is part of that. Should you be in the market for activewear, 
that's where the Zaya part comes in. I don't need you to host a party. I don't need you to buy my team. I need you to love me so much that when you need a new pair of black leggings, you're like, man, Susie has been in my mm-hmm. ear every single week. Like, duh, I'm going to buy them from her. I love that. So tell me how that came to be, though. Did you start there? Like, okay, I'm going to have a personal brand first and then have, you know, other things that I can kind of link back out to? Or did it kind of evolve based on your, like you just said, your relationship mentality, like starting with relationships? You know, Zaya came first for me. So I created a business account on Instagram and um, I actually named it Run Lift Zaya, right? That was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found <laughs> after a couple of months was that people were really engaging on all the running stuff, all the strength stuff, as well as the parenthood stuff. For listeners, I mean, I'm a triplet mom. They're now five, Mm -hmm. but at the time they were three. People were really like digging the parenthood content, not the stock photos of women in leggings and sports bras, right? Um, Right. And so I changed my personal brand to Run Lift Mom. Um, And then the podcast came from that. So Zaya Active came first. I knew I was never going to be one of those women that like did Facebook parties. And hey, I'm not hating on people that do. It's a great way to present a product. I don't have time for it and neither does my network. And it's kind of a mm-hmm. weird way to buy stuff to me. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it was kind of a fad too. Like don't, that that like came and go went really quickly, I thought. Like people, I remember people doing like LuLaRoe Facebook live parties where they were like putting things on or showing them and people would comment and buy the thing. But that went, that was over in like five minutes. You know what I mean? Like it was already, people were moving on to something else. Like that was a new tech. So you have to be so quick and evolve like so quickly with your tactics, right? Right. Exactly. And so that's Mm. where, you know, a lot of, to be quite honest with you, a lot of direct sellers, look, Kelly, I'm a black sheep. Um, I I communicated that (laughs) to you. Yeah. (laughs) A lot of direct sellers won't innovate. And so what you find when, so, so here's the thing, give your friend some grace that is asking you to host a Facebook party. Girl, she probably doesn't know any other way. And if you actually Mm -hmm. like her item, ask her just to set you up an event and work it like an affiliate. That's what my friends do for me. It works fantastically. I can offer someone a personal shopping experience. Then my friend is getting discounted and free clothing and they don't feel weird by inviting all of their friends into some group to please shop while I put you in a headlock. You know what I mean? Hmm. Okay, wait. No, so tell me more about that because Claire actually brought this up last time when we were talking about our affiliate discounts on our e-course, right? So we have an e-course that we um, offer to people for Enneagram sort of information like, hey, learn about the Enneagram through Military Spouse Lens. Um, We offered our blogger friends, and we have many, um, an affiliate code. And she said, well, isn't that the same thing? And I said, well, no, because it's not I felt like it was different because it wasn't like multi-tiered, right? It was just flat. There's one affiliate. Someone buys the course from that person, that affiliate, they get, a, you know, a percentage of the course sale. So talk to me how that looks. Does that look different? Yeah, it does look about? a little bit different. So different brands are going to have different, it's called hostess rewards, right? So if you were to host a Facebook party, <laughs> depending on how much was sold in said Facebook party, you would get different, like, I'm going to call it Zaya dollars because it's essentially credit as well as mm-hmm. like half off items. Girl, the margins are good. It's cheaper than like, it's mm-hmm. more inexpensive than I can buy it as a rep. Um, what 
what some forward thinking <laughs> um, folks will do, like direct sellers will do, is actually, um, so Zaya is an activewear brand. I have a lot of relationships with coaches, with fitness instructors, folks that live in activewear, right? They're constantly mm-hmm. referring people to me, but it's over a longer span of time. It's over 60 days. It's over 90 days. They're getting the same rewards as somebody within a week, right? But it's... <laughs> It's more of an affiliate relationship. I don't want it to get too far off, though, Kelly. Like, I don't want any of your listeners to feel like I'm trying to talk them into being an affiliate. I'm not. Yeah, that was like, we're like secretly right. just trying to host my own party. I am not hosting a party yeah. right now, you guys. <laughs> I, I am not an affiliate. You have to know. Okay, so I'm an Enneagram type three, okay? Okay. Yes, you are, girl. Okay. Yes. So, so this is where I'm going to, I am always thinking of ways that I can serve my people. And my people mm-hmm. include folks that are willing to share the Zaya Active brand for me. They include, I do sponsor women. I sponsor women in my business, but like I'm going to do it in a way that serves them. So if their network likes Facebook parties all day, we are going to make it so fun and personalized. Everybody on the block is going to want to host for them. If their network doesn't like Facebook parties, let's say they're a podcaster or a blogger, or maybe they are a fitness instructor in a gym, right? Like I'm going to, I'm their business coach. It's my responsibility to help serve them and to give them, right, like a strategy that would work yeah. for them. But I really want to be clear that like Run Lift Mom podcast, my accounts, me, me as a Zaya Active Rep, I don't care if you never buy leggings from me. I am here to serve. So I, we've gotten a ton of feedback um, from folks who are like, you know, oh, no, we don't, we're not a fan of MLMs. And then the feedback that we got from a lot of folks, yourself included, um, of people that have made successful businesses out of this kind of venture are all talking really heavily with all these business, business terminology, right? You mentioned margins. (laughs) Um, you're essentially doing audience analysis for each of your, uh, consultants or folks that are, um, you know, that you're helping or that you're sponsoring. One of our listeners, uh, wrote in and said she had a master's degree in management. Like there are, there are skill sets that can be put to work in this industry. And I think that those are the most successful people. Um, I worry though, that a lot of times people don't, they discount the fact that you have this base, right? <laughs> like you, ha- you have some, you have some industry knowledge sort of, you know, as far as like business tactics, I mean, look at you, you've grown like all of these different content platforms. I mean, this is not nothing. Um, I'm like going to take notes on any <laughs> and apply, apply your business sense to things that I'm doing. Right. But I think, um, maybe that gets lost in the sauce or the excitement. There's such an, it's so tantalizing. Like, oh my God, you mean I can, I can, you know, make this much money and people are like, girl, I'll show you my paycheck and you know, all this kind of stuff, but they're not, they're not accentuating everything else that goes behind the scenes, right? Like all of the, the foundational knowledge that you almost have to have to be able to make like a really good swing at that. Would you agree? Or, or how do you feel about like someone's like, education or ability to be able to step into this world in general? So I want to say I have a marketing degree. I have a master's Mm, degree, but I think here's the thing. Um, Begin with the end in mind. Do you want it to be full-time income? If you want it to be full-time income, yep, you're going to need to know marketing. It is online e-commerce. You're going to need to know it. If you Mm -hmm. are just trying to like 
pay for your own clothes or have a little bit of extra money, I think the prerequisite for direct selling (laughs) is to be a nice human being because it's a Mm -hmm. relationship business. I don't think you need a marketing degree. Now, is this job for everybody? Absolutely not. Girl, absolutely not. You have to put (laughs) yourself out there. You have to share your story. Um, I mentioned that I talk a lot about running and lifting. Those are things I have formal education in. Um, There's not a formal education in motherhood, but I mean, I'm in the weeds, right? (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. You you have to be vulnerable and willing to share. You have to be willing to learn some marketing. Um, You have to have some business sense, but I think if you can be a nice human being, you can reach some level of success. I'm defining success, right, as it's a fun, happy place for you that earned you money. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not Scrooge McDuckin and dollar dollar bills, y'all. I'm not talking about (laughs) that. I'm talking about, you know, um, to enjoy, right. It needs to be a happy place and you need, you can't be your own best customer. And I think if you are a nice person, (laughs) you can do that. Here's where direct sellers mess up. They mess up because they join the company and they have really good intentions, right? They want to do exactly what I was just talking about. I would love to be able to contribute to the household and it would be a happy place and I'm going to join this team. Then they get on said team and they see somebody who is raking in six digits, right? And maybe somebody in that organization is telling them, that can be you too. That can be you too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The problem comes when they see that shiny object and they don't... (laughs) They see that shiny object and they want to take shortcuts to get there. I guarantee that shiny object probably has been doing direct sales, right, for a long, long time or maybe has a marketing degree. I don't know what it is. But so people, they'll start to feel desperate or like success is not coming to them fast enough. And that's when they start taking shortcuts. That's when they copy and paste. That's when they lead Mm with, I'm a Zaya Active Rep. Do you want to host a party? It, people mm-hmm. take shortcuts when their feel when their confidence is low, um, or they're feeling like like they're they're reaching for something unattainable. And so I'm describing it like this, Kelly. I am trying to paint a colorful picture because I think it's important that whether you are a direct seller or not, it's important that we don't play mean girl. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's important. Like Mm -hmm. me as a direct seller, nothing gets under my skin more. I get it. You guys, I get it on Facebook. I 10 times a day. Okay. I get it. But it's important that I don't like rub somebody's nose in it or like tell them why they're wrong for copying and pasting me. Just know that like, they're probably doing that because they're feeling a little bit less than and they didn't know any better. Someone told them That's how you do it. So they took the shortcut. We've got to assume positive intent and not play mean girl. I totally, completely agree with you. And that was one thing that I kept thinking and was feeling a little convicted about even after our episode. Um, I I want to like almost like reach out and be like, hey, listen, this was you made this choice. You're going to do this thing. You're going to sell this thing. You're going to join this company. Um, it's not something that I would be interested in doing, but like, let me help you. Like, can I give you some perspective? Can maybe that approach like these are things that people don't typically know, right? Especially, let me think about it. If you've been a stay at home mom for X many years and you know, you're having to dust off your email address and stuff, right? <laughs> or like, you know, social media is like a beast of a thing to try to figure out. Um, um, it, it's like, okay, I know that you're not doing it to be mean, right? Like that, you know, from the other side, right. I'm not, I'm not being sold to like, you know, from any sort of like malintent, right. They're not, they're not just looking at me as like a purse to, to break into, 
but there's not enough like knowledge of other tactics or understanding of how abused the the pool is, right? So we talked about the Schitt's Creek episode with Moira last week. Allez-vous. It's my favorite one. I love that you guys referenced it. I'm like, man, they are my people. So funny. And it was like, but they didn't realize that that kind of, that had already run through the town. Like everybody had already sold it and they were, but they weren't aware that that was already a tapped resource, right? Because they just jumped right in, right? Like, so I think that that's, I don't know if it's excitement. I don't know if it's desperation sometimes, Susie. Like I wonder that too about our community specifically, like the military spouse community, because we are so chronically un and underemployed. It is like, give me meaning. And we got a ton of feedback to, on along those lines too. Like it is, it's not enough now, especially in America to be just quote unquote, a stay at home mom or just, you know, a, a housewife or whatever. Like you feel like you have to always be producing. And this seems like low hanging fruit sometimes like, oh, well, I can easily join this as a distributor and make all this money because I'm seeing all these people like crushing it on Instagram and social media. Well, the people that are crushing it are crushing it because they have put in like probably years of work to build and curate that, that whole customer base and that whole audience. And I don't think people realize that it's not as quick as it seems. I mean, you're right though. I'll tell you in my brand, I'm, my reputation is I'm known as the girl who doesn't do parties (laughs) and (laughs) I'm a minority, but I'll tell you, I've been doing this for over two years and no, I don't do parties, but I have worked at the relationships Mm -hmm. that I've developed. So that whole ditty that we did about affiliates, um, my podcast for 120 episodes, I have been interviewing people and promoting them, doing marketing for them. Guys, that's putting in the work on relationships. And so you're right. There can be, and I want to make mention, you mentioned the military spouses. I feel very, very strongly about this. I believe that we are targeted, no matter if we're a stay-at-home mom or not, I believe we are targeted because we all want a sense of community. We all want community. And so it's really, military spouses are targeted People know military spouses are moving every few years and they don't know folks and they don't have a tribe or a crew. I'm not telling you Mm -hmm. that community can't be found in direct selling organizations. Look, I love my girls hardcore, Mm -hmm. but I will tell you (laughs) that um, if you don't know the person well, or if you... (sighs) If, if you were to think about it like in a traditional corporate setting, right, if you were interviewing an employee, because if you're going to join an organization, it, you are kind of interviewing those candidates. <laughs> check their <laughs> references. Nobody thinks of it friend. that way, though, Susie. Check their See, references, right? Yeah. You got to yeah. check their yeah. references. I would hope mm-hmm. that, you know, um, Kelly, if you sell, you know, Allez-vous, um, and I'm thinking about joining your organization and you're going to be my business coach, um, red flag, if somebody doesn't think they're your business coach, <laughs> they're probably not the person to join with. Um, mm-hmm. If I'm joining as your business coach, I'm probably going to ask some people that you've worked with in or out mm-hmm. of that organization just to do my due diligence. And and I think that that is how this is to be approached. Mm, I love that. And because I feel like my perspective on this is that it's a numbers game, right? Just the more distributors, the more people you can sign up under you, the better. And what I'm hearing you say is not only like, 
do your research on the person that you're joining under because you want to make sure that they are equipped to be able to coach you, but then also be really mindful of the the team that you are amassing because it shouldn't just be numbers, right? Like we had one of our listeners wrote in and said that she had created this huge, like thriving sort of network um, selling a thing. And one of her most productive downline people decided to quit and it Ah. trashed her whole business. Like the whole thing is like a house of cards, right? So it, it, it takes so much forth, like just thinking ahead and making sure that all of your eggs aren't in one basket. Um, so I thought that was fascinating. Once again, something Absol- I did not know. You know, there's a pretty predictable, there's a pretty predictable pattern. People will be really, really excited when they join a company. Um, and at first, maybe their, you know, initial friends and family support them or that second or third degree of network. And then at about three months or so, at about three months or so, this is the make or break point. <laughs> this is when someone is either going to, even if it's just for hobby income, this is when they're either going to look at it as a business or they're going to start to do some of those desperate things. And remember, mm. it's all just because they're maybe feeling less than. Sure. Yeah. Again, I don't want to sound like a mean girl, but it, it, there's a pretty predictable pattern. And when you see numbers like, I mean, you guys, you can look it up. Um, a lot of companies don't offer income disclosure statements because they're private organizations. But I mean, I think mm-hmm. it's like less than 1% earns a hundred yeah. bucks or something yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's yeah. because a lot of people join, they have a really great couple of months <laughs> and then they fizzle out. One in four direct sellers will quit in the first year. So all of those people are also in like in those those numbers. They're counted in that. Set. So that was one thing that was eye-opening to me. Someone brought that up, I think, in our stories. Um, yeah, that it was all the people that signed up, like myself, who signed up just to get a discount yes. on my first order and then did nothing with it. You are <laughs> included like, oh, in that. So, doing that, yeah. Right. And so it's there is money to be made here. Look, I'm not going to, I'm not like Scrooge McDuck in it, you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I have made an income out of nothing, out of like mm. nothing. I have triplets. You got, there's, there's no way, <laughs> there's just no way I can find anything else that I can do from home. But you know, um, I, I have to, I have to wrap this up by saying it's been a blessing for me. Um, it's been a blessing for me personally because I'm now contributing to my household. I have a personal brand that extends beyond Zia Active. If Zia Active were to pack up and leave tomorrow, I have a pretty you great have everything. Yeah, yep. yeah, and yeah. No, I was going to say that to you, Susie. Like you have built, you have built something, right? Like a huge something that you could supplement or swap out any element, I think, at this point to include the Zaya um, and still be insanely successful at what you do. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really good though. I want to compliment you and Claire for like getting this conversation out there because it's an elephant in the room, especially Mm -hmm. in military circles. And not everybody's going to be like me, right? I was like hardcore (laughs) anti-MLM. And then I did have a different experience. Not everybody's going to be like that. I get it. But I think it's important that we give folks grace, that we're not those mean girls. And you know what? There are though, um, it's not the best fit for everybody. It's just not. Can I give your listeners a piece of advice if they're considering something like this? Yep. I would, here's what I would recommend. I think Direct selling is a marathon, not a sprint, okay? So you want to commit to it for at least about a year. However, if you've heard of like a fail-fast approach, do you know what that is, Kelly? 
Mm, yeah, if you're gonna, yeah, if you're gonna fail, fail fast, so you know how to like cut and and pivot and get out and do something uh, or make changes that need to be made. Yeah, exactly. You, you explained it better than I could. So it's a I business it. concept where you like you circle. So right. So like, if I'm joining um, Alevu tomorrow, <laughs> um, I'm gonna circle a year out from the calendar and say, all right, I'm at least gonna give it a year. But then I'm also gonna circle six months and I'm gonna say, this is my fail mm-hmm. fast date right? If Mm -hmm. allez-vous is not for me, six months is enough to know, (laughs) am I vibing with this culture, with the community, with the organization within the brand that I'm in or not? And if I'm not, you guys, it's okay to make a strategic quit. The sunk cost fallacy is real. Oh my God, Susie, that's a whole nother episode. Right? It's real. I am so passionate about that. uh, Not Malcolm Gladwell. What's his name? It was Freakonomics. Stephen Dubner did a whole episode years ago that stuck with me forever. And it was all about this uh, failure or like the fear of quitting. The episode I'm grasping for is called The Upside of Quitting by Freakonomics. It's so good. I will recommend if any listeners are like in direct selling right now and they're like, ooh, maybe she's talking to me. I've put so much money and and time into this. I recommend actually um, Seth Godin wrote a book called The Dip. It's about 60 Mm. pages. It will take you maybe 30 minutes. It is so good. It's about strategic quitting. It's a metaphor book. I want to say it's 10 or 15 years old. Maybe you can link to it in the show notes. I will. Mm -hmm. The Dip The dip is what you need to read if you are struggling with (laughs) being in a direct selling organization and not knowing whether just to cut your losses and put that energy towards something better or to stick it out. I love it. So many nuggets. I'm all over the place. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, no, please. (laughs) That's how we roll. That's how I roll. So this is why Claire doesn't let me do interviews very often. (laughs) Eight episodes. Susie, thank you so, so much for your time and your insights. Tell everyone where we can find you yes. online, not for parties. <laughs> not, just not for, look, I'm not trying to do a party for you guys because I am so busy on the Run, Lift, Mom podcast. Um, I've also launched a second podcast called Serve Then Sell, which um, is very appropriate for this topic. Serve Then Sell is a new show and it is for the direct seller who is looking to do things from a relationship place. I've got industry, just amazing people from the industry that will teach you how to, well, as the name would suggest, serve, then sell. I love it. Thank you so much, Susie. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at millspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given.